0: Thank you. Good morning church and welcome to 1C. Please rise for our first song.
1: Lucky I keep your name at the top. Jesus, when the sun
2: goes down. You may be seated, and good morning to all of you. Got my friend up here, Reuben. We're going to do our thing again. So, uh, but let's see how this works. Uh, Reuben, do you remember what the theme for this series has been for the last couple weeks? Yes. I should probably be more direct in my question. What is the theme for this series?
3: Living generously.
2: Oh, and do we have an opportunity coming up where people can practice what we're preaching? Yes. What is the thing that we have as an opportunity coming up soon?
3: Thanksgiving.
2: Thanksgiving. This guy is just too good. Uh, Let me give you some of the details of that. This Wednesday, 6.30, we'd love your help. We have an opportunity for you to serve. Come at 6.30. Uh, We're going to have some pizza, and then we're going to get things set up for Thanksgiving, as well as start the process of getting ready for Christmas and all that. So the more people, the better. So if you have some time, 6.30 this Wednesday would be great. Um, also, for the Thanksgiving meal that's going to take place on Thursday, if you'd like to volunteer, that's great, whether it's Thursday or throughout this week, getting ready for probably upwards to about 700 people that will come here and have Thanksgiving meal together. So you could be a part of that, and wouldn't that be great? Yes. You know, you are you are so smart, so profound. My life is blessed. I'm going to give you an opportunity a little later with my sermon, I've got a decision that I need to make, and I have some thoughts about how I can make the decision. So I'm going to bounce those ideas off of you, and I want you to help me. Would you be willing to do that? Yes. Would you please get off the stage now? <laughs> Go. and Turn off that microphone if you would. Oh, man. Sometimes I think that's what I was like. And God has a good sense of humor. All right, as I mentioned, Thanksgiving, don't forget about that. And then next Wednesday, we're going to do something different. We are going to have an Advent intergenerational event. It's kind of like a service. There's music. And um, we're going to have a meal. That's good, too. Uh, But we're also going to get along with each other, and we're going to get together, and we're going to learn with people of all ages. So we're bringing our exploration stuff all together into here, and we're going to be together. And it'll be 6 o'clock is the dinner time, and then 6.30 we start, and I think 7.20 we're done. Love for you to be a part of it. So be thinking. Maybe you haven't done Advent in a long time. This is a great way for you to do it and to help prepare for really the greatest story that's ever been told, the life of Jesus. So Advent is a time of preparation. All right, uh, just a reminder, our young disciples are busy at work. Uh, Take a look, whether it's on the planning center or on our website, um, or even, I don't know if it's going to come up on the screen, but they're doing things like Thanksgiving food collection, uh, Christmas shopping, gift wrapping. I mean, all these different things. um, Again, they just want to serve, and I love it that they're so willing. All right, if you order T-shirts really quick, they're here. They're in the family gathering area. Don't forget to get those. Um, And the last one, if I could have the commitment card up on the screen. All right. Every week for several months, we have been using a profession of what we believe. And um, we're going to do it again before communion. And we're going to ask you next week if you would literally check boxes and say, Yes, this is what I want to be doing as I continue my walk with Jesus. And, you know, the list is up there. It's everything from regular group worship to the study of God's word to cheerful giving, thankful living, and then sharing the gospel with others. We're going to give you an opportunity to literally have a card in front of you that you will check and say, yes, this is me. Then you're going to put it in an envelope. And you're going to put your name and address on it. And you're going to bring it forward here, sealed. That is just a, a way for you to just maybe take it all in and say, okay, Lord, I really want to be committed to you and to your work. And then we're going to send that back to you six months later, just as a reminder of what you have promised. So be thinking, come next week, be ready for that. Um, you get to see that, and hopefully that'll be a very special moment. Uh, last announcement is for guests. We're, we're glad you're with us in worship. We invite you to come back again. Uh, whether you are in the house or online, uh, we we take great joy because you've chosen to come and worship Jesus with us. Uh, but if you're sitting here today and you've got questions because you see communion, how do we do that? What does that mean? Again, the, um, there's some cards in the chair backs in front of you that will walk you through some of the details for that, what we believe and how to do it. Uh, if you're here today and you have a prayer request that you would like included, those cards will walk you through that as well. Uh, You can even jump on Planning Center and do it, or on Facebook, uh, you could put a prayer in the comment section. Many different ways in which you can get involved. And the last thing that we do is, uh, during the next song, the joy basket's going to be passed, and I keep saying this, and I hope you believe it to be true, you are so blessed by God. And if you don't believe that, I would love to sit down and talk with you about it, because I do believe I'm looking at you. You are blessed by God. Sometimes challenged by life, I get that. But God blesses you and me so much. And he wants us to say thank you back to him, not just on Thanksgiving once a year, but every breath we take to say thank you. So I want to pray right now that God would move in our hearts. Uh, Lord Jesus, again, we worship you today and we thank you for all that you've done for us. Um, Our lives are blessed beyond measure. And Lord, we want to say thank you to you especially for all that you've done. So lead us, guide us, direct us so that what we do would show how thankful we are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
4: Every single lie that tells me I will never match love. Am I more than just a
5: You say.
6: up for the kids message come on up front find a seat up here on the floor all right well I hope you got your dumb dumb sucker on the way in and if you didn't there's some at the exit doors there's some boxes with more in them so make sure you get one all right Dum dum suckers are good aren't they do you like them they're pretty good well you know what my family actually took a tour of the Dum Dum factory several years ago when my kids were young. We went to Spangler Candy Company in Bryan, Ohio when we were on vacation, and we got to tour the Dum Dum factory. And the cool thing was, at the end of the tour, it stopped right in their store. So right where all they sell all their candy, and they make all different kinds of flavors, of like candy canes, suckers, circus peanuts. Have you ever had a circus peanut? Those are good. Those are fun? All kinds of stuff. You don't like circus peanuts? No. <laughs> not everybody does. Um, but you know what? Then we, we bought a bunch and to try different candy, and we took it with us. And do you think we have any of that candy left? No. No, it's long gone. It lasted a few days, but not a few years. Yeah. Candy doesn't last very long, does it? No. How long do you think your sucker will last? What? Until you eat it. Yeah. How long do you think you can wait till you eat it? Not very long. Has anybody already eaten their sucker? You're working on your sucker, aren't you? Good job. You didn't wait. Yeah. Anybody else start eating their sucker yet? Not yet? You ate all your sucker already? That did not last very long at all, did it? No. You ate all yours too? Well, you know what? God tells us that the things of this world... Are kind of like the sucker they don't last very long do they no whether that's food candy or food we eat it it's gone and then we're hungry again and we want more or our clothes sometimes we outgrow our clothes or our clothes just wear out and get holes in them or our toys our toys break don't they and we want more yeah well you know what there's a book in the bible that's all about living in smart ways and it's it's called proverbs And Proverbs chapter 18, verses 10 and 11 says, The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it's a wall too high to scale. And that's kind of confusing. But you know what? Basically what it's saying is that we can hope in God. We hope in the Lord because he lasts forever. But you know what? If we hope in things of this world... It's kind of dum-dum, like a sucker. It just doesn't last very long. So we want to put our hope and trust in Jesus because he is a mighty, powerful God. He loves us so much. He is with us. He is for us. And he lasts forever. And so we can trust in him. All right? So we can enjoy the sucker. Enjoy the sucker if you haven't eaten it already. And you can get another one on your way out if you want. But as you enjoy your sucker, remember that the things of this world just don't last God and his love for us lasts forever. All right, will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands and you can repeat after me. Father God, we enjoy candy and the blessings of this world. But thank you for the greatest gift of your love and eternal life. We hope and trust in you. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Thanks for coming up. One, two, one, two, three, four.
7: Wish it could be easy. Why is life so messy? Why is pain apart? I feel like nothing ever goes right. Sometimes it just hurts so much.
2: get ready for communion. As I mentioned at announcement time, we're going to put this profession of faith and really let it sink in as we make this profession together about our sin, about our Savior, about this meal, and also about how we are to live our lives to his glory. So let's have that up there and let's share this together out loud. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And while all of that is really important stuff, I just want to draw your attention to the most important thing, is because of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. Because of Jesus, you are loved and valued, and you are now empowered to live for him. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue with the distribution of communion, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free to receive those elements, bread, wine, body, and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Do that during this next song. And if you're going to come forward for continuous communion and you have that same belief in Jesus, uh, come forward during the song. And if you desire either gluten free or grape juice, please let the servers know. This is a very sacred moment. God comes to us right where we're at. He loves us, He feeds us, He nurtures us. And, and again, He expresses that He is connected with us always. Amen.
4: Addiction starts to break, declaring there is hope and there is free.
2: may this true body and blood of our lord and savior jesus christ strengthen you and empower you for life for mission for ministry all for the glory of god go in his name and in his love amen
0: let us pray almighty god we bring our prayers spoken and in our hearts to you this morning from our one c family for all the people who are suffering from COVID to have a quick recovery. Be with Jeff and grant positive test results and be with all of those traveling for Thanksgiving holiday. Prayers for all those suffering with addictions, including my sister, Tina. A prayer for a couple people who are graduating from SOS. Prayers to all those who have lost family members that they have run away and they get lost on their own, on their own way and they they need to find their way back home. Father, we just lift up those. For families who have lost loved ones, may they find peace and comfort knowing those who have passed are resting in the loving arms of Jesus. Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you For providing for us, you give us hope, shelter, joy, wisdom, grace, mercy, and love. We especially thank you for the gift of eternal life through your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
2: So I want to give you a a little flyover where we've been. And you you did tell us what the name of the series is. Why don't you tell us again?
3: Living Generously.
2: Very good, Living Generously. And uh, week number one, we talked about first and best and what God loves. In fact, it's what he does. He gave his first and best for people like you and me. He gave his only son as an expression of love. And then he wants us, his children, who have been blessed by him, to give him our first and best too, And then week number two, we talked about spoons and ladles. And you set the record straight. Remember, soon spoons are to feed ourselves. Ladles are so we serve other people. A big difference. And now we're going to be talking about living generously. And we're going to look at the word tower. That's the theme. And we're going to get there in a little bit. Uh, But where Ruben comes in is, I want to share with you a couple different ways in which I could make a decision. In fact, when I was your age, I used some of these things. And I'll just be curious if things have changed over, let's see, how many years, how old are you now? You're 10. Oh my goodness. 52 years ago. 52. I need to sit down. Oh my goodness. All right, here's the first thing. This is what I would use to make a decision. Do you know what this is?
3: Yeah. Do
2: you know what this is? Yeah. And did you ever use one? No. Okay. You're wise, smart. But you know what, what it would work, what you do is you have this question and you're making a decision, should I do this, and, uh, you know, and then you kind of flip it and it will tell you something, right? And if you don't like that answer, what do you do? Flip it again until you get the right answer. Do you think this would be a good way for me to make a decision? No. Okay. All right. Let's try something else here. How many of you have ever done a paper fortune teller? Did you ever see, you see one of these things ever? Yes. Okay. Do you know how these work?
3: Yes.
2: You want to tell us? No. Okay. How it works is you take a piece of paper, you fold it up, and then you put like colors and then on the inside there's numbers. And then on the inside of that, there is some kind of words of wisdom. And so you just kind of put it in your hand. You do the thing, whatever works. I can't remember how it goes. And then it tells you your whatever. Do you think this would be a good way for me to figure out what to do? No. Okay, strike two. Number three. Anybody ever do this one? You know what that is, right? Raise your hand. All right. And sometimes it's like, does she love me? right does she love me not she loves me she loves me not and you kind of get down to the bottom and you kind of find the answer at the very end by what you pull at the last time you you ever do this no no okay this guy's smarter than me when i was 10. maybe (laughs) even 62 right or 61 whatever i am um it's not really a good way to do it no okay um we don't have a picture of this one But this, I was thinking about this this morning. Maybe you've done it. You have your two feet, and you go down, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch a tiger by a toe. If he hollers, let him go. My mother said to pick the very best one, and you are not it or not it. You know, you can always add those and get a different response. You ever do that?
3: sometimes not sometimes much.
2: okay not not much you think I should base my decision on that no okay like I said before smarty pants here's your chance what do you think I should do okay all right and what is the book you're holding a Bible Oh, okay what is a Bible
3: uh, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's the word of God. Oh, word of God. That's book. good.
2: That works for me. All right. So go for it.
3: This is Proverbs 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and are safe.
2: Ah. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it, and they are safe. So maybe the best place for me to go, if I have something I need to figure out, is I should go to my Lord, who is a strong tower, and I will be safe with him. Yes. Okay, you can go. Thank you very much. Give him a round of applause. Just so you know he's building confidence. Probably next week he'll just give the sermon and I'll be on the receiving end of it. Maybe good. Alright, I got some other really quick ones. Maybe you can relate to this and 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 I'm just saying we put our trust in things, all kinds of things, and sometimes Well, not sometimes, but we can be disappointed, right? So example, I talk about this all the time in my office when I do counseling and about trust. I was watching you come in today, and when you sat down, you exhibited trust. I didn't see a single one of you inspect the chair that you were going to sit in. You just sat down. And if you've ever been on the receiving end of sitting in a chair that then breaks, Like there was this one outdoor chair that was plastic in Arizona. Just so you know, hot and plastic do not go together. It just like cracked. And so after that, every time I'd sit in a chair in Arizona, I'd be like, okay, how is this doing? But we just exhibit trust. We just come in, we just sit down, we plop down. Uh, How about this? Here's just a a picture of many different cars. You can have the best car in the world. Can it break down? Yes. Yes. But it's amazing how we, so often, will just go out to the car and put our key in, or if you have one of those fobs, um, you just push the button, and you just expect it to start. You are putting your trust in that car when you're doing that. It's just what we do. And here's one. I'm just going to touch on this a little bit. There are times that we, all of us, may trust a politician or two. Have we ever been disappointed by a politician or two or three or four? It happens, right? We put our trust and things happen. I don't know about you, but every time I read something or hear something about a pastor who, quote, made a mistake, crossed the line or whatever, it really breaks the trust. And there are moments when people are in my office and I could just tell. This is what they're thinking. Everything I've heard about pastors, can I really trust you? It happens. Doctors, medical professionals, I mean, they're so smart, they're so good, but there are moments when they can make a mistake. And if you've ever been on the receiving end of that, you know what that looks like and feels like. It it, it can happen. And maybe coming off of this, you know, it says 19, and we're coming up on 2023 soon. And it was such a long time, and we had to navigate through so many unknown things. They thought this, then it was that, and it just was whatever. How about this one? And I'll just ask you this question. Uh, Maybe you know somebody like this, that's how I always like to say it, where where they put their trust in money the stock market, or whatever, only to have it go belly up or do something really goofy. I mean, there was one time that I had bought a house, and as a pastor, you sometimes move around a lot, and it the bottom just went like upside down. I was in Saginaw, Michigan, and it was at that time when the auto industry went bottom up, and even in Saginaw, where they would make auxiliary parts for Detroit, it was not good, it was not pretty. And the house that we had ended up, you know, when we moved, we had to really give it away. Give it away. And we were hoping that this would be a great investment. This couple looks really happy, but maybe you've experienced this. If you are either married or you have a significant other, uh, the person might have disappointed you at least once. And if Kristen were here, she would probably say there were at least a moment or two Um, When our kids disappointed us. No, just when I would disappoint. (laughs) Trying to be funny. All right. Um, So the stories go on and on and on and on. We live in a world that kind of comes up in front of you and says, trust me. Every time a commercial comes on, that's what they're ultimately saying. Trust me. But there is only one person who is trustworthy. All of the time. And it's God. It's God. I'm going to walk you through a little story about a man named Job. Um, Not going to spend a lot of time, but uh, he, he learned some things. If you know what the Bible says about him, it says this, Job was blameless and upright, a man who feared God and shunned evil. That's the description of Job. And if you go into the story, it's in the Old Testament. It's it's really a a great story. But there was this conversation between God and Satan. And Satan was like, you know, God pointed to Job and said, yeah, he's a righteous man. And Job's comment was, yeah, he's got everything going for him. Of course he's going to trust you and be righteous. If things didn't go so well... Probably he wouldn't. And so we find in the story of Job, one thing after another, Started, the wheels started coming off of his life. All right? Death in his family. Loss of cattle. His health. And even his wife and his best friends, close friends, were giving him really bad advice. But we find that Job stayed the course. And let me just bring you to Job 31 because I think it's a great example of what happens when we put our faith in the one that will never disappoint us. This is what Job says. Did I set my heart on making big money or worship at the bank? Did I boast about my wealth, show off because I was well off? Was I ever so awed by the sun's brilliance and moved by the moon's beauty that I let myself become seduced by them and worship them on the sly? If so, I would deserve the worst of punishments, for I would be betraying God himself. So here is Job pointing to the God of the universe who made everything, who is the only one he could trust. And even though he had wealth, even though he had a lot of things those things can kind of come and go and he experienced that and he was now able to say after all of this this is what's important and if you know the storyline there is an Easter hymn written using the words of Job anybody know which one that is i know that my redeemer lives and in the end, I will see him face to face. So even though he went through all of this stuff in his life, he knows that in the end, because of God's faithfulness, because of God's love, you know that he knows he's going to live. All right, so that's a story kind of to set up a little bit of this Proverbs passage that you've heard now a couple different times. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this to you. This is Proverbs 18.11. All right, and then we're going to go to... Proverbs 18, 10, the one that you've heard. The rich think their wealth protects them. They imagine themselves safe behind it. So in this book of wisdom, in this book of, I think it's insight, the proverb writer is saying, you know, there are people, okay, sometimes it's the rich, who think that it is their wealth and what they have done that's going to protect them in this life. They imagine themselves safe behind it. And then we get to that verse of Proverbs 18.10. God's name is a place of protection. Good people can run there and be safe. Or the, maybe the translation I, um, I've, I've heard all the time. This is a more modern translation. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run to it and are safe. We live in a world today where we let our flesh dictate our direction. I'm gonna say that again because I'm confronted with this all the time in my personal life as I struggle and navigate through life. There are too many times that I let my flesh dictate the direction of my life. And it is as human as as I could describe it. When we go through and navigate through life, so often our flesh rises up and says, well, wait a minute, why don't you trust this or that? And yet the proverb writer says, The righteous run to the tower. The righteous run to the Lord whenever they're having difficulty. Now, I want to jump to the New Testament because I think it gives you a picture again. In John chapter 14, there's some words that I often use for like a funeral message because I think it's beautiful. Um... But chapters 12 and 13 kind of set up the scene. Jesus is telling them, I'm not going to be with you much longer. That's in chapter 12. John chapter 13, he's saying, Peter, you're going to deny me. Things aren't going to get really good. And you're going to all forsake me. You know, he's, he's painting this picture that it's not going to go so easily. And then John 14, we have Jesus looking into the heart of his disciples. And I would say this. This is the beauty and the genius of God's word. That word in John 14 is written for us today. It's not just for the disciples, but it's for you and me. Because we go through moments like the disciples went through as well. And there are times that our heart is troubled. And Jesus then gives the answer for heart trouble. So let me read John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas, remember, doubting Thomas leans in at this point he kind of missed some of the moments. And so Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And then Jesus gives what I call the exclusivity of the gospel. In other words, there is no other way, folks. This is it. This is it. Don't put your trust in anything else. Jesus is now saying, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me and um i call it the exclusivity of the gospel if you're trying to figure out how to navigate life so that you can be in heaven forever it's not going to happen any other way than jesus himself so i get it that we put our trust in all sorts of things that come up to us but i pray i pray for myself i pray for my wife i pray for my kids i pray for my grandkids i pray for you that you would know this truth more fully today than you've ever known it before. Because everything else can and will disappoint you. Everything else. But God will not. God will not. Proverbs chapter 3. And maybe you have heard this or you've grown up knowing it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And I just want to talk a little bit about the phrase, trust in the Lord. All too often, I think we have a very narrow view, little view, minimal view of what trust looks like. There are times that we trust things only as far as we can throw them. Maybe you've heard that phrase, right? We'll trust when it's convenient. We'll trust when it matches up with my expectations. We'll we'll do that kind of stuff. But I want you to understand that this word trust that is used in the Hebrew, I just read a word study this week that caused me to stop in my tracks and actually shed shed a couple tears because I don't do this enough or as often as I should. The word trust doesn't just mean to go like this. I trust you, Lord, right? Or trust doesn't just mean doing the trust fall thing. That's kind of cool, right? You have somebody in back of you And you go like this, you close your eyes, and you fall back into their arms, and we think that's trust. Yeah, yeah, that is trust. But the essence of the word trust, in a word study of Hebrew, the original language in which these words are, says this. Trust is to lie helpless face down. I want you to let that sink in for a second. Because we may not like this definition. Because that means giving up control. Just so you know, if you're in that kind of position, and I thought about going down and doing that, lying down and preaching like this, I'm just not sure if I can get back up again. So so I'm not going to do that for you today. But just picture what life would be like, you and me, at every turn and every moment, that we are, how does it go? To lie helpless face down. Now, it means helpless about our own power. It means understanding that you need to be vulnerable to the one that is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And the one that is the savior for you. And the one who says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. That is what you're doing. Is you're going before the king of kings and the lord of lords. The one who is everything. And you lie helpless. Face down, helpless. Now, going to the other word, trust in the Lord, right? Um, just a kind of progression of thoughts, so you kind of see the picture of the original language, right? So Yahweh means Lord. It means I am. It's a, it's a really weird way to say it. Remember when? Um, Moses said to God, you know, when I go to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, who should I say sent me? Remember what he said? He said, say, I am sent me. Just a weird way to say it. But the definition and the meaning behind it, a lot of commentators, this is a common thread. This Yahweh, this Lord, this I am, he brings into existence whatever exists. In in other words, he is all of that. He is everything. I'm going to share with you a couple different times in which Jesus shared the words, I am. And for the Jewish ear back then, when Jesus would say, I am, it was almost like the E.F. Hutton moment. Have you ever, you know, seen those commercials? You know, yeah, my broker is E.F. Hutton, and E.F. Hutton says, and then everybody stops what they're doing, they turn their head, and they're like, tell me what you're going to say, right? Because it's going to be really good. When Jesus said these I am statements, anyone that has Jewish heritage would stop on their tracks and go, what? And seven different times he lays out this Yahweh concept of the one who holds everything in his hands. So he goes like this, I am the bread of life, I am the the light of the world, I am the gate of the sheephold, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, the life, I am the true vine. This Jesus, the son of God, he holds everything in his existence. And do you know who part of that everything is? You. When he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, he really means it. And he holds you with his love. And he won't let go, just the way he is. So I want you to consider these ideas. God gave his first and best. God served us with his love, his son. And now he says, my children, I am the tower. You can run to it and you will be safe. Who is your tower? I pray it's Jesus there is none other than him let's stand let's pray lord jesus on this uh sunday before thanksgiving um, a time where we get ready for advent and we remember your coming uh, you are that strong tower and while everything on this earth are blessings and they're wonderful blessings Um, None of this compares to who you are and how you love. So grant us the faith to run to you and to be safe and to be loved, to be protected, to be blessed. And Lord, in the end, may we who call you our Lord and Savior reflect, reflect your love for this world